Hi everybody, this is Trucker with an accent. My name is Gerald Benzi and today I have a guest uh, from their phone number. I'm only guessing they're from West Virginia, but I do not know. So we are going to find out. So I am going to call them right now and see what happens. So you guys are hanging out with me i appreciate you listening to my podcast right now i am placing the zoom call to my second guest i do not know but we will find out in a moment uh, let's see okay that call is placed we're just waiting for them to pick up <laughs> what? Nothing. So my sound engineer today is my wife Mackenzie Kerris. So I know you guys remember her from last week. I interviewed her as my first guest. And I don't want to be in this video. Why is it? I do remember. Why is Annie there? I'm, <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm supposed to be calling Annie. What's the number that you it's have? It's been me all along, man. Oh my gosh. What's, <laughs> what's happening? It's been me all along. Are you disappointed? It's been you all along? Wait, Annie, why does your number say West Virginia? Because <laughs> that's where I grew up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> This is insane. <laughs> I was so surprised I didn't have your number to begin with. And then I was surprised even that you didn't have my number. Oh my gosh. This is a, okay. Did you know about this? Of course she knew. <laughs> I was so freaking stuck last, uh, last weekend. When she knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kept saying, oh, I don't know who this person is. And they're from West Virginia. And I literally did not think it's you. She's in Northern Virginia, to be. Yeah, not West Virginia. Let's make that clear. Oh, Northern Virginia? Oh, my gosh. But sorry that I'm not a stranger. (sighs) Well, you know what? At this point, everything works. I don't really... I'm not picky. So, I'm just excited you're here to talk with me today. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm so Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Even though I saw you How do I... in December. <laughs> yeah, you can never get How am I feeling? Is that what you asked? Yeah. Oh, okay. My kids is saying I can never have too much any, which is true. <laughs> well, thanks. To put it in a metaphor, you're like chocolate. You can never have enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway, so I guess my listeners will be like excited to know who this person is because I introduced you as I do not know who this person is and turns out I know who this person is so do you mind introducing yourself and just maybe say something unique about yourself sure uh my name's Annie Burton and I am Gerald's wife's best friend (laughs) (laughs) we went to we were college roommates and uh I don't know that's unique about me I guess that Kenzie's we call each other kindred spirits. So that's when I was texting you and I said, I'm your wife's KS. That's what it means. Kindred spirit. 
Oh, that makes sense. Man, I feel so dumb. But it, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. So, uh, okay. So, for my fans, I'm just going to say this. So, uh, when I met my wife in Provo, Utah, a weird place to meet someone, I should say, well, people can debate me if they want to. I'm open to it. Uh, she told me about her best friend. And I, you said, I mean, Kenzie, you said something about, hey, oh, oh, and you wanted to be your guest on the podcast. And I literally did not think you were going to be my guest this week. I was like, okay, after <laughs> this person was texting me, I'm going to call Annie and see if she can come on this podcast. So I'm really stuck that you're here. This makes me so happy. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. <laughs> so um, just to tell people, um, so Annie, you are a life coach, right? Yes, I am a certified health and life coach. Awesome. Can you just like uh, tell us what that is? Yeah, I'm not currently practicing, I guess you could say. I, um, but I, but yeah, I, when I was coaching actively with my life coaching, I was trying to help women be more resilient and also in the health arena, like trying to help them. love their body and then out of that I'll okay keep I, freezing a little bit so i hope that i am not uh i think i lost slow. you there for a second uh you were saying you were helping women to be resilient and what um yeah to be resilient in their lifestyle like i'm um, trying to have healthy habits and healthy lifestyle ha- habits in their health and then just in their whole life to be um yeah more resilient and then also love all right Uh, you freeze a little bit so did i do i cut out yeah, I don't. I I think I think I some something was happening with our network. Here. It was cutting out. <laughs> you said you were helping women to be resilient and love their bodies. I guess. Yes, love their bodies, and then that better take care of their bodies because they love their bodies. Awesome. So, as someone who is from a third world country, people should tell by my accent, of course. Uh, I I would want to ask you something that. Is it different when you talk to someone who's from a first world country versus, say, like, what does your clientele consist of? Are they only people from first world countries? Or do you think if you are put in a niche where you are going to talk to people, I mean, women from third world countries, like, what does your business look like? Because growing up, I being in an area where things like body shame were not a thing so i would be interested to know how would you you know i mean deal with that when you talk to someone and be like hey you should be you should be proud of your body and they're like yeah i am i don't i don't think people should care how i look like because i mean where i come from thick women were literally they belong to kings you know what I mean? So every every woman wanted to be thick because they wanted to be king's wives or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there, but it was a twisted kind of thing. So how how would you deal with that? 
you cut out a little bit, but I, I think I get the gist of what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would say that, so if you, let me recap to make sure I'm understanding your question because you cut out a few times. But you're saying that in third world countries or where you came, your, your country, that thicker women are like, are more beautiful or that they're, you know, they don't have the same stigma, I guess, as women yeah. in the United States. Uh -huh. um, and so I, I would probably say that I would want to talk to them and hear more about what they, how they feel. So then we can apply that to the States because that's very different here. Obviously we have their, it's their body shaming is a, is a big thing here. And, um, and so I, I'm happy that they don't experience the same kind of thing, but I'd want to learn from them. That's awesome. So would you maybe tell some of my listeners like what the, the culture you are trying to work with, like the, I would call it the American culture, like what does it consist of? Like why do you have to constantly tell women like, oh, hey, your body is enough. Like what is the society? What are the society expectations and what should people like, you know what I mean? Like should what are the challenges of women in an American yeah. society? Um, there are many, I think. Um, but I, the first one that came to mind is just like representation in media is a big one. Uh -huh. um, because when you look at beauty magazines or, you know, TV shows, like all of the main women are skinny, uh -huh. blonde um, women. And there's all these, um, and like all the models on the runway are tall, super skinny women. And um, and so if that's what you're seeing as the standard of beauty portrayed to you in everywhere that you look, uh -huh. that's what you think you start to internalize that and think that I need to look that way to be loved or to be beautiful or any of that. Um, so I think media is a big influencer of that for sure. So what are the, some of the challenges like people, like uh, when they market, uh, say skinny women like what are they saying are they saying like, oh hey skinny women are more flexible skinny women are more active you know something that we can tell people to be comfortable in their body because for me it has been always been like hey if you are able to carry your body you are fine it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside so mm -hmm. uh what are those challenges that you might want to tell my listeners like hey if one, two, three is okay, you should know that you are more than enough. Yeah, I think that if, I mean, every woman is worthy and enough and no matter what they look like. Um, and I really try to emphasize the things that you're able to do with your body uh -huh. um, and then and have put value on that instead of what it looks like because healthy is not a size, it's not a number like I really hate numbers because not just because I'm bad at math but also because yeah so I really try to effort doing like walking up the stairs and not getting out of breath or you know being able to play with your kids or going to walk with your dog or whatever it is then that's that's what you want to emphasize um, and place more importance on the things you're able to do than instead of what you look like or what the number on the scale says or the size of your pants or anything like that. That's awesome. I really love that. So, uh, uh, I've been talking to, uh, I mean, to my wife about it and we have been talking about how this stigma against, uh, you know, body type is 
in I've always had one video that I reference. This is not a like an advertisement or anything. But if you watch uh Megan Trainer's video all about the base <laughs> Can you hear me? Say that again. Have I seen a, a trainer's video? Oh, yeah. Megan Trainer's video all about the base. You cut out again, but you're here. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes. In the music video, I can hear you now. Yeah. Have you seen that? It's spotty, though. <laughs> but I, I know the song, but I haven't seen the video. Okay. So, well, I, I, I would challenge you to go. I've heard the song, but I haven't. Oh, so late. <laughs> I would say go watch the video because there's this guy in that video like he is uh, a really good dancer and it's so awesome watching him dance because people like him generally like they are not expected to be good dancers and he's really awesome and I've been saying like to most people like hey this is what this should be about it's just if you feel good about yourself to be able to dance like that you know to be able to be comfortable about your body like that you are fine like you don't have to do anything else above that you know what i mean Hi everybody and welcome back. So I have Annie on the line and I'm not sure from our previous segment you managed to hear everything we we're talking about. But I heard uh, as Annie, uh, she was talking about uh, how women should be comfortable in their bodies. She's a health coach. Did I say that right? Yeah, health and life coach, both of the things. Health and life coach. Okay, awesome. So I had uh, say that uh, with my, I mean, I've been talking to Ken's and I've told, I've made a watch about the bass, which is a musical video that Megan Trainer did. And there's this guy in that video uh, who literally is defying every like little standard that everybody have said about dancers, you know? And he's moving his body in this amazing way. And I have said, I have always said, uh, as long as you can carry your body and move it in the way you like, you are fine. You don't need to worry about what people say, you know. And uh, Annie right here was uh, telling me about how uh, in her uh, job, she has to uh, talk to women and make them uh, understand and appreciate uh, their bodies. So I'm not sure if in our last segment if people managed to get that. So I would ask you, any like to uh, maybe repeat what you said about how you uh, deal with women and tell them how they should appreciate their body. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but you can just like repeat what you were saying in our yeah. previous segment. Yeah, um, I was just saying that I really try to put a lot of emphasis on um, what you're able to do with your body instead of what it looks like. Uh -huh. um, instead of numbers, I talked about how I, I don't like numbers of, of being a way to define how healthy someone is or, or trying to put any worth into numbers. They can be helpful to an extent, but I don't think that they tell the whole story of a person's health. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I really encourage women to focus on all the things they're able to do with their bodies, like play with their kids or go on a hike or, um, you know, wear some jeans that they love or whatever it might be that they are able to do with their bodies because our bodies are miracles that do so much without us even thinking about it. Um, and so if we really try to start to appreciate just all the things we're able to do with our bodies, then we're better able to take care of our bodies because we love it and we want to take care of it. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of that, this is one thing that I've always said to people, like, do you feel like humans in general, we actually appreciate how a woman's body is amazing? Um, I think some people do. (laughs) I wouldn't, I don't know if I could say every human does. I think, um, when I took anatomy in college, twice uh Uh, i failed once but i but both times i learned so much and i think that that really just helped me appreciate the human body even more because there like i said there's just so much that our body does and a woman's body does that like that we have no idea about it just it's happening without us like you know blood flowing through our veins oxygen and you know our heart pumping and and so many things our muscles you know getting stronger and so much happening in our bodies that we're not even like we don't have to think about and yeah. um and that's just miraculous and and i think that the that everybody would do well with as much as i struggled through anatomy i think it was good and i would encourage other people to learn more about how our body works just like the, the like science of it because it is so it just proves to me how amazing our bodies are i want to take you big for a second day why uh okay. why why did you have to take anatomy twice <laughs> uh well i school has always been a struggle for me <laughs> so and anatomy is, i would say one of the harder classes that you could take in college yeah um and there's so much memorizing and and it was just a real struggle for me so my my major required me to get a certain grade and i was like a few percentage points shy of getting that c <laughs> yeah and so i had to retake the whole class and I passed it the second time around, but I really am glad that I took it twice because I learned so much more the second time around as much as it was a struggle and I may have hated it at times. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I'm not judging or anything. So, um, <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, I have said this before and I've actually got into arguments with, uh, I mean, with men. Uh, it's just like so amazing for me that there's so much uh, things that can happen uh, excuse me, <coughs> like to a woman, for example, like when women get pregnant and then they can, they are able to give birth to human beings. That's like something men in general, like we have, we are not gonna going, we are not going to understand it in this world. You know what I mean? Like we are not going to be able to experience that, but it's just been yeah. so amazing to me that it's something that is possible that a freaking human being can grow inside a, a, a woman's body and they are able to deliver it. And we yeah. we are all like excited. Like this is like uh, one of like the exciting thing about being a human that you are able to reproduce and look at these tiny little human beings of yours. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. When I took anatomy and I learned, we learned about pregnancy and 
and all of that. Like I was just in awe. And I remember, I don't know if Kenzie remembers this. We were roommates at the time. We took anatomy together. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember coming home and just sitting on the couch and like staring at my stomach. And just I remember like, this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> just being like in awe, like thinking like, oh my gosh, like I can grow a human being. Like one day, hopefully if, you know, if, things go well my how I want them to I will be able to grow a human being and that is just such a miracle that is astounding to me and I hope to get to experience one day that's freaking amazing because um yeah uh, one uh, I remember one time I was online and I watched videos uh so they make this machine for men to kind of like give an idea of how how much pain women yep. go through when they actually give birth and you can wait yeah. it's like a vest or something I don't, I don't know what it is like, like the, you can wait as a man and they will turn it on and it kind of like you know stimulate this part of your bodies and like mm-hmm. i mean this part of your body and it, it makes you feel i mean it kind of you know mimic what giving birth is like in Literally, I've never seen a guy wear it for more than 10 minutes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Like, we do ex- we do have this expectation for expectations for women. And we cannot, like, stand the, how much pain they go through and they give birth. But, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the world has just made it so much easier that we can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, women were made for giving birth and blah, 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 blah. And we, we just, like, take that for granted. But it's yeah. so much pain. And I say this as a last born in my family. Well, I remember when I was talking to my mom, she said something to me that uh, kind of sticks up with me even up to date. She said this to me. She's like, hey, you are only the last born in our family because your dad watched you, you know, like he witnessed me being born. And he was like, you know what? I'm not cool with this. I'm not going to do this anymore. So I've, I've been always been thinking, like, what did he saw? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I remember, have you ever watched a live birth or seen a video? No way. Like, I could, <laughs> I've never watched it. But the fact that I am a last born because my dad watched me and he was just like, you know what? I'm more cool with this. Just like made me feel like, okay, I think we should probably be being talk. I mean, we should talk to women and also educate men about, uh, what is it called? Is it called postnatal? postnatal yeah oh, yeah. But, yeah because m- yeah. most most men are not are not, are not aware of that like they they just like expect women to be fine you know after yeah. they they've, be, they've they've gone through that experience and like birth is not something that is light you know we shouldn't take it light but we've been told to be like oh yeah hey women can handle that but it turns out even the toughest men cannot handle the pain of birth like that's that's insane or watching it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah or watching it yeah exactly <laughs> so it's just amazing anyway uh i mean yeah. moving moving on from that um so this is any so i'm going to talk to you from the point of view that you are famous 
even though you don't agree with me, but you are. So. <laughs> okay. Well, wait. Who said that? Maybe I do think I did. <laughs> so just walk me through, like, how do you manage getting through your day with uh, people like seeing you in the streets and asking you questions? Like, how do you handle that? Well, I I work from home a lot right now, so I'm not really going out and about, you know, COVID time. So. Oh, you lucky. So uh. So that's been good to stay away from the millions of fans <laughs> that I don't have. So before COVID, how was life for you? <laughs> uh, you know, just pretty good. Um, seeing just few people that I know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've been, like, since I can think back pre-COVID. I feel like it's almost we're coming on almost a year of covid living so it's hard to remember what life was like that's pretty insane like how uh, our lives have changed because of covid yeah so uh it'll be interesting yeah yeah it's fine so i'm gonna ask you uh uh from the point i from the script i have here it kind of shows that uh you were like teaching some kids to play a new sport or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I so I um I have a few side jobs, but mostly I, I train soccer coaches and they coach two to four year olds. So I worked as a soccer coach coaching two to four year olds and then I've just transitioned to train the new coaches that come on and keep evaluating the um, existing coaches. And then I also coach lacrosse and soccer um and do some PE classes for some kids. Hold on a second. Did you say two to four year olds? <laughs> yes, two to four year olds playing soccer. How how do you do like to me two to four year olds like you know what I mean? They're like these humans that yeah. have no clue of what they are wearing. How do you teach right. them soccer? <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of patience and and I always am like so with the two-year-old classes, they are have like a parent on the field that helps them out, which is huge help. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm always so impressed and so excited when I see how quickly they progress and catch on and start to, you know, only use their hands when they're dribbling the ball. I mean, not that's wrong. Only use their feet when they're dribbling the ball, not using their hands. Um, and then, um, and they just like get so excited and they score a goal. Like they, I think they surprise you how. Um, quickly they catch on and how much they can learn at such a young age that's amazing because i've never pictured <laughs> myself working with humans that young and tiny i always thought that they <laughs> have like zero like awareness of what's happening around them <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah, anyway yeah. uh on that note we're gonna close this segment and we're gonna take a break and then uh are we going to talk to any in our last segment okay Okay. All okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. This is our last segment with uh, Annie Beron. Did I pronounce that uh, well? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So uh, she's a health and life coach. And she's been talking to us before about how she's been involved in different projects, including uh, training little kids play soccer which is amazing to me because i've never thought two to four years old like they are able to comprehend how soccer works 
So any like kudos to you for <laughs> you know making that happen. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. I think magic happens on sports. Any sports. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. So I'm going to ask you questions about uh specifically like you being a famous person because on this podcast we give people fame <laughs> even though they think they're not famous but you are famous because you are one of the few people who are able to train two to four year olds how to play soccer like <laughs> not anyone can say that on this earth like oh hey i trained two two to four year olds to play soccer you know <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna ask you questions specifically like um for that so for example uh when your kids are playing a game against a different team how do you handle parents who think their kids are better than what you actually see as a coach? <laughs> um, well, I the kids that are that like the two to four year olds, they're just doing little scrimmages against like four on four, little just the four year three and four year olds. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of times we do have parents that show up that are like they played soccer their whole life and they think that their kid is going to be a born David Beckham and. Um, and and they're not <laughs> at that young age, many of them. Um, and so I think a lot of times I'm coaching the parents too, like to manage their expectations and just say like it gets better every session and just have patience. They're having fun. That's the point of the game. Have fun and not worry about how many goals they get or the score or whatever. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is coaching the parents, just as I'm coaching the kids. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Uh... From what you've just said, I'm just wondering. Um, did you ever in your life uh, watched uh, Mad TV with this weird guy, Coach Hines? I think he's uh, Keegan Pell or whatever. Coach Hines? No. Oh, okay. So, like, the, there's this, like, weird thing where he does, uh, he's, like, a basketball coach. So, there's, like, an expectation from parents, like, because they think their kids are better. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, every uh-huh. every parent, of course, thinks like that. And he keeps, yeah. <laughs> he's trying his best to make uh, these kids feel motivated. But then he says this phrase that I'm going to ask you, like, that's, I'm, I'm going to ask you if it makes sense to you as a life coach. Like, hey, okay. at the end of this game, you are all winners despite what this scoreboard says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that something you would say? No, I would say it differently than that. Because I, I, there's a fine line in just, like, like, I'm not a fan of, like, participation trophies. Like, everybody wins. Every Like, when I, my major in college is physical education and coaching, and a lot of times they would say, like, um, you know, we want, we don't, don't keep score or try to keep it neutral. So everybody's happy <laughs> and nobody's sad if they lose, but I think that losing, losing is part of life. And so I think it's important to teach kids how to lose grace, graciously and uh-huh. also how to win graciously. So I think that it's important to have winners and losers in every game that you play, not just cause I'm competitive, but also because there's lessons to be learned there. Yeah. So, but I have also coached a lacrosse team that had, did, that struggle to win a game and that's really hard to keep them motivated when they're it's hard to lose and um and so i would just try to focus on little wins throughout the game like let's try to get as you know win all the ground balls or or try to um keep the ball on our end um 
or I want you to stick with it and not give up and then celebrate those wins instead of just trying to, I don't know, try to tell it. Like, yes, I want all the kids to think they're winners and think they're great, but there's also life's not going to give you beat. You're not going to be a winner your whole life. And it's important to learn how to lose and be okay with that and keep pushing anyway. Yeah. So I guess uh, my question is like, uh, how do you teach uh, kids? not to be so losers like so if your team loses how how do you address like that locker room talk where you are talking to your team and they are so devastated and they have lost a match and they feel like they are not you know what i mean they're not the best players yeah. how do you like address that and make them feel better about themselves so that they can be have the courage to come back again you know what i mean for training and yeah you know yeah, something like that. Like how how do how yeah. do you, how do you approach it? I I think for one that kids are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um and if they if we like like this lacrosse team that I coach, we'd never won a game the whole time I coached with them. They were really? big underdogs in the in the league. Um because they were a brand new team. Like they none of them had ever played before and so they were playing up against teams that had been playing for years. And so it was really hard but I think, I mean, they were, I have to give them so much credit because they were the most resilient set of girls that I've ever met. And they yeah. kept pushing and they kept, just had that drive within themselves. Uh-huh. Um, but so I just really tried to focus on like like little wins, like I said, and making sure they were having fun. Like that's the number one thing, like which sounds, some coaches might say that's not as important, but I think that that is important to have fun in what they're doing. Um, and then just try to focus on all of the good things and make them like at the, after each game, I would make them say one good, all the good things that went in the game and some things to work on. Um, and sometimes they had a really hard time finding good things because the scoreboard is, you know, 17 to five or whatever it was. And we were the five and, um, yeah. but tra- focusing to try to find those good things um, and recognize that there are good things happening all the time. We just have to find them and see them. That's this really amazing that you did that because, uh, I mean, from personal experience, I've been part of, like, a brand new volleyball team, like, at a school. But I'm just curious, do you remember what your talk was with them, like, the first time they actually played a game and then they, they lost, and you as a coach, I mean, you had to motivate them, you know, to keep training and come back for a second game. Do you remember what that was like? Um, how, when I talked to the team about, is that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I do. Cause I knew, I knew that we were underdogs. So I tried to set their expectations, like the, like practices before I would tell them like, look, we're underdogs. Like every team that we play is going to be really tough. So we have to like be mentally tough. I, um, I think that was a big thing too, is like just trying to get our minds right and be like, know that we're coming in and we're going to, it's going to be really hard and really tough, but we can't quit. Like we just have to keep trying and keep playing and shake off the frustration that they'll feel. Um, and then, and that there will be good things. And we're just trying to be better than the last game, better than the last practice. And the more, and the more we're able to focus on just our own game and just trying to be better and better like individuals and as a team, then that's, that's the win that we can get instead of the win on the field. Awesome. 
So uh, we are entering a segment that I call a Kevo segment. So I'm gonna throw Kevo questions. Cannonball <laughs> questions? Yeah. So okay. apparently, you are one of my wife's best friend friends. Best friends. Apparently. Oh my gosh. Apparently. What, what, sure what am I saying? Hey, <laughs> don't hold this against me. <laughs> I still need to be married. Anyway, so. I do know that you are married to someone who is in the army, right? Who is in the army? Yes, he's yeah. in the army. Did you ever have to give him that kind of same talk? You know, when he's like <laughs> feeling like, oh, hey, I have to give up, and you're like, buddy, look at me, you got this. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that kind yes, of talk. I, <laughs> yeah, I am. I think I was just born a coach. <laughs> And so I love giving pep talks and I love talking people up and, and, but Josh does not love it. <laughs> so, like, I, so, he, so I have to just say like, okay, I'm going to give you a pep talk and you're just going to have to listen to it. And so I'll tell him whatever I have to tell him. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I just, I just have to say it. But, um, so maybe he secretly loves it, but most of the time he's like, I don't need a pep talk right now. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need you to talk me up because you- I probably do it too much. Do you have an experience that you can share with us where you gave him a pep talk where you're like hyping hyping him up and you're like, you got this body, like go in and show them who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of one that he would feel okay about me sharing. Um, But I think, um, I guess this is the first thing that came to mind. He went to basic training, which is really hard. And, um, and he was older when he went than the most of the other, I don't know if they call them cadets, I think so, that are there, the other soldiers that are there. Um, but he was 20, late or later 20s. Yeah. And the other guys were like, you know, fresh out of high school. And he had lots of life experience that they didn't have. So it was just really hard for him because they were acting stupid. And he was like, come on, grow up. Um, <laughs> and so um, he came home for Christmas. And you know, he, he was just so tired because they never sleep and they like, it's just the worst. Um, and he was just like, I'm just tired. But I, he always was, I don't know, he always was so positive and so um, just like, I just gotta do it, I just gotta do it. But I couldn't help myself from just trying to always be supportive. And, um, and we wrote a lot of letters back and forth to each other because he doesn't have his phone. And so, in a lot of those letters, I'm sure that I had a lot of things like, I'm so proud of you, you can do it. Like you're, you know, we have so many people that are so proud of you and um, just keep keep working hard and and then you'll get to come home and we'll be together again. That's um, awesome. I mean, yeah. yeah. So are there any other instances where in your everyday life where your uh, health and life coaching skills just kick in and like you find yourself, you know what I mean, like yelling at the side of the of the field and you're like, you can do this, buddy, like you got this, you have to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I'm coaching, I coach lacrosse now still to it and like I did a little clinic. Um, and, but I guess in everyday life without not coaching setting, um, I think with my girlfriends, like a lot, I like have to try and make sure that they're in a the right mindset, I guess, to hear the, <laughs> like, I just try to cheer them on all the time and just be a, a really, a, 
um, know that they have my support in whatever they choose to do and be a listening ear. Um, so I try to by, by, by balance your, the by, line of being a good friend and being a coach. <laughs> by, by your girlfriends, does that include my wife? Of course, she's number one. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Like what, what? What do you do? What, what do you do? Cheering, cheering her up. Like what do you? Wow. What do you say? <laughs> I say, um, don't let Gerald make you feel sad. Um, <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Don't let Gerald feel you bad. <laughs> you walk yourself I'm in that corner, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kenzie actually is a good coach too, because she, me, and her made a plan to text each other every day and tell each other little good things that happen to us that we're proud of or good things we did that we're proud of and yeah. i love that i think it's just everybody should have somebody they text to tell them things they're proud of that they themselves did that day because it's just fun to look back at your day and try to find the good i think that's so important to try to find what went well in your day yeah i'm really jealous of your relationship right <laughs> I, I just like wish i can just like you know squeeze in between you guys and yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know, but it, it freaking sucks. <laughs> you were just like you just like so good with each other, and I'm like, okay, like why are you not married to any? <laughs> Fair point. If this ever goes south, you know where I'm headed. Hey, Josh, yeah. Josh, if you're <laughs> you yeah, Josh, if you're listening, hit me up, dude. Like we need to create a relationship because these people are doing something weird. Anyway. <laughs> So, uh, I, I mean, is in closing, I mean, we've, uh, kind of like maxed out all of our podcast time. Um, uh, I'm just gonna uh, give you this platform, Annie, like to talk to my listeners is a life coach, uh, how you can help people out there with their everyday life. You're already a celebrity and you're dealing with your own life, you know, with paparazzi and what whatever people are sneaking and trying to get pictures of you you know you and me know that's real uh i'm just gonna give you this uh moment to talk to my audience and kind of give uh an advice to them uh, as a life coach and okay. how you are available for them you know what kind of services they can seek uh you know things like that so i'm just going to give you this okay. Uh, minute for you to talk to them and address them and talk i mean whatever free advice you can give them because i know that your services are expensive but this is an opportunity for them to get a free service so here you go uh, yeah um i i guess i would just say um just a couple quick quick tips to help you be um help your overall well-being in your life um, is one thing that we a lot of things that we talked about but like one is um, always looking for the good in your day um, when I am coaching clients the first question I always ask them is what's going well um, because I don't think we spend enough time on um, focusing on all the good things and then we can work off of those those are motivating to find more things and do more things that are, go- are good in our life um, to the women I would say that um, your your um, focus on what your body can do and not what it looks like and um, and and love all the things that your body's capable of doing because there's probably more that you're doing that you're not aware of and then that can help grow your love for your body um, and um, 
yeah, I don't know. Those are those are the two things we kind of talked about that I want to emphasize, I guess. That's awesome uh, body positivity uh, stuff you just shared right there. Um, <laughs> so uh, before uh, I end this podcast, uh, I'm just going to talk to my listeners and let them know that I've been talking to Annie Barron, who is a life and health coach, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, she's been really amazing, and she's been uh, training soccer and uh, lacrosse to little kids. I cannot believe that you've been teaching two to four year olds. Like, dude, <laughs> what's your magic? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've been a primary teacher for seven year old, uh, seven year olds, and I couldn't handle it. Like, how do you deal with two to four-year-olds and telling them how to play freaking soccer? It's like 11 players. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I'm glad you're so impressed with me. <laughs> I am. And I'm really stoked that you actually, like, made time in your day to be on this podcast. And I'm really appreciative of that. And I just want you to know that me, of all people, I really appreciate you coming here and talking to us about what you do in your daily life and your uh your job and it's really amazing what you're doing out there you know dealing with uh, women telling them how to be comfortable in their bodies and stuff like that and uh, working with little kids like what can be more messiah than that you know what i mean i appreciate that awesome you are a celebrity in my, in my books and I'm gonna I mean, I'm gonna hold you to that standard and I'm going to let everybody like recognize you as a celebrity because you are just amazing and uh, <laughs> this has been talking to trucker with an accent uh, any do you have any closing words you want to say before we log out just thank you you're awesome and I feel good after talking with you which is so fun that's awesome Hope I didn't disappoint you that I'm not a stranger in the beginning <laughs> I really love that. Hey, this is beside the fact that Annie is uh, my wife's best friends, and these guys they did not tell me that uh, Annie was my first guest, which I'm I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. I'm not gonna be pissed about it, but I'm also like really grateful that you are my guest this week. So, uh, on Nothing. that note. I'm just going to end this podcast by saying, hey, I hope you guys who are listening, you got helped and you got the information that uh, might help you in your life. Uh, we're talking with Annie, who is a life, um, health and life coach, and you guys just got a free session with her where she gives you advice on how you can better your life and how you can better your kid's life uh, above all. So... We are very grateful that any you have been here with us and spent time with us and we uh, are going to log out on that point. <laughs>